0: with the students we've been talking about doing hard things. And after we came to the end of doing hard things, I decided it would probably be best if we if we talked about some of the hard things of Jesus. And so as y'all know, that's what we've been talking about for about the past three or four or five weeks. And I thought I would instead of ending the series on Wednesday night or up before Thanksgiving, I thought I would end it tonight here. The hard things of Jesus, there were some things that Jesus spoke to us in the scriptures that are just difficult. They're just very difficult for us to grasp. They're very difficult for us to to do, quite frankly. Um, And we've talked about loving others. We've talked about turning the other cheek and and not gossiping. We've talked about a lot of things, but tonight is very difficult. A thing that Jesus said on his Sermon on the Mount was very difficult, and so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, <clears throat> verse 19 through 24. Matthew 6, verse 19 through 24. If not, if you don't have your Bible, we have it up here. And this is what it says. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And then, if then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I want to tell you, I love Christmas. The other day I was in <clears throat> Walmart. Uh, Blake was looking for something. And I was in Walmart and I, I went in and, and I was walking by uh, and I caught a smell. And the smell smelled like cinnamon. Cinnamon and apples. You guys know the smell, cinnamon and apples. And <clears throat> I'm one of those guys, don't make fun of me and I'm keeping my man card, but I like candles, okay? Call me what you want to call me. I like I like candles and so um and, and sometimes my office, because uh, the, the heating unit is there in my office, sometimes when it comes on and stuff, it puts off a little bit of a smell. You guys thought it was me smelling. It wasn't me. It's the thing in there. And so I like burning candles in my office sometimes. And I saw a candle. Lucy, it's not that funny. Lucy's making fun of me. It's not that funny, Lucy. <clears throat> I like candles, all right? Uh, and I like track lighting, uh, for those who don't mind. Anyway, that's a joke. That's a joke between the students and I. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I really... I. I really love Christmas and so I, I caught this smell and I was walking and I started smelling I was like, what is that smell? That smells like Christmas. And I started walking over and sure enough, Walmart's got six full aisles and they have one full aisle dedicated only to candles. And I love that. But I walked down, isn't that crazy? I walked down and, uh, um, and I, uh, I started looking at all the Christmas stuff and the Christmas ornaments. And, and we had this tradition where every year we go out and we pick one ornament for the family to put on the tree. And I started thinking about that and thinking about Christmas. And then I went back to my childhood and started thinking about, um, Christmas and, I don't know, there's something about Christmas I really like. And one of the things I used to do is I used to, I used to get the Sears, Sears book, the Sears robot book, it was about that thick and it would come, it would be the wish book. And I would take the wish book and I would take my, my pen and my pencil and I would go through and I would circle the page numbers and I would get a piece of paper and I would write down what I wanted and I would circle everything. And I want to tell you, that doesn't happen anymore. Because what happens now is is that is it our kids, they go online. And and I get wish lists. I no longer get wish lists of like you know the cute ones that you write. You know like I want a toy this or I want that. I get I get emails with links to the site of what of what they want. All right, that's what I get. I get links. You know oh here's an email from Blake. What's this? Oh it's a link to a toy he likes. Uh, He'll go online and start looking for toys and say I really want this and he'll copy and paste and it's funny that he can even do that. But but I do I get links of things that I want. But that's how wish lists are these days. I love Christmas. I love Thanksgiving. I can't wait. We're going out of town this week, and I can't wait to go and spend time with my family and, and Wendy's family. I love those kind of things. And then, uh, talking about Christmas and everything and the holidays, and we get so caught up in stuff, and then Jesus comes in in Matthew 6, and he says this scripture, this hard thing. So I want to tell you something. You can't love uh, money uh, and God. You can't, can't, worship, can't worship both. And it's like, wow. Wow. Um, and so I realized that, that what really God was talking about is putting first things first. And so I've got three questions for you. I've got three questions. Then I want to read three things I really think was the point of Jesus. Here are the three questions I want you to ask. The first one is this. Do you have stuffitis? Question Question was, do you have stuff-itis? What is that? Do you suffer from stuff I'm hopefully a recovering stuffaholic. All right. Because I'll tell you, whenever I go into Best Buy, I go into another world. Uh, Wendy, for a long time, said, you know, when you die, heaven is going to be Best Buy, and you're going to have a card, and it's going to be unlimited, <laughs> and you're going to be able to get anything you want. I love going into Best Buy. I have a partner in crime that loves going into Best Buy, too, and sometimes we meet for lunch, and we go to Best Buy on a little di- a guy date. That's Jeff Cannon. Well, he loves Best Buy, too. He is compadre. He and I, we'll go to La Perea, and then we'll go over, and we'll go to Best Buy, and we'll go, man, look. Look at this right here, and then Wendy and then Wendy or Leslie will call, and, and we'll both go. Don't tell her where I am. Don't tell her. Don't tell her where I am. But Best Buy. I go into Best Buy. And I go into this other mode because they've got these really cool TVs, and they're like this thin, and they're like this big, and and they got these glasses you put on, and everything's in three D. And so the basketball game. I'm looking, thinking I can grab the players, and they're coming at me, and it's unbelievable. And they've got they just so incredible. I love Best Buy stuff itis. Um, I've seen other other people, women, who get stuff itis too. Um, uh, we can't go to Ashley Park with anybody. It Doesn't matter who we're with. Uh, Wendy sort of seems to go right into this DSW shoe store. It's like the mega shoe store right here, and it's right across from the candy shop. So I say I'm going to get candy. You can go get shoes. She loves those kind of things. Women, I know you guys do the same thing. There's certain things that we just we just want. We love our stuff. And the weird thing is, like like me as a little kid, I find out that me as a little kid is sort of me as a big kid too because I love the idea of planning on how I'm going to get this thing. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, I see this thing and I'm like, oh, how can I get it? And so I start thinking, okay, if I put back this much and that much and I save here and I save there, I can probably get this thing. Stuffitis. Do you have stuffitis? The second thing is this. Are you due an overdraft notice from heaven? Are you due... An overdraft notice from heaven. You see, what happens is, is if you have a bank account and and th- there's there's a bank account and and if you if you if you have too much month at the end of the money, if you know what I'm saying, if there's if there's a few too many days at this end and a few too little money at this end, what happens is, is you get a notice and it's a big, and it's these obnoxious big red letters overdraft, okay. Right here. And and so you get this. And what it means is, is it means that you have taken out way too much and and you haven't put in enough. That's what it means. You've taken out way too much and you haven't put in enough. You don't you haven't put in enough to cover actually what you've taken out. It's an overdraft notice. We've been blessed. We've got great kids. We've got great jobs. We've got great families and friends. We have, we have money and we have things. Most people here tonight drove here in a vehicle that most people all over the world would die for. We're going home tonight to homes that most people would die for. We're rich, y'all. We're rich in America. We really are. We have lots of stuff. And we have taken out more than we've really put in. A lot of us haven't stored anything of real value. Are we due? an overdraft notice from heaven the third thing is this would people describe you as a giver or a taker i found that there's two kinds of people in life and there's really no in between there's givers and there's takers some people give some people take and they're really in the, in between i'm going to ask you a question how would your friends family spouse best friend mom dad how would they describe you would they describe you as a giver or as A taker. Are you the person that's always looking for that next thing? What's the next thing I can get? What's the next thing that comes down the pike? Or are you looking for what you can give to someone else? What's the next thing I can do for someone else? Are you a giver or are you a taker? The questions are, do you suffer from stuffitis? Are you an overdraft notice from heaven? Are you do one? And would people describe you as a giver or a taker? So when you read the scriptures... If you answered any of those, I want you to listen up because Jesus has a point he wants to make to you tonight. It's very clear, but I'll tell you, it's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. What was Jesus' point? I'll tell you what I think Jesus' point was. The first one was this. The things money can buy are temporary. They're temporary. You know how I know this? I know this because about every year and a half, one of your kids... Will come up to me and they'll say, Mr. Barry, I got this new cell phone. And I'll go, Really? Well, let me see it. And they'll pull it out, and it'll do their laundry and their mail. And, man, it'll do everything. I mean, it does everything. It like, I mean, it does everything. You can put it up to the sky, and it sees galaxies. And, and you can do everything. And it's got applications. And, and look what I can do. And I, I don't even have to look at it anymore. And I can do all this kind of thing. They'll do that. And they're like, man, this thing is so awesome. And they'll go on and on and on about, oh, I love my phone. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. And like six months later, we'll be going somewhere. And I'll say, I'll say, hey, uh, hey, how are you liking that new phone? Ugh, this thing stinks, man. I hate this thing. It's so old. I mean, I can only hold like 4,000 songs on it. It's terrible. Can you believe that? 4,000 songs. It only does, you know, three hours of video. It should do six hours of video. And it should be in high definition like all the new phones. But now this thing stinks. I mean, I can't wait. And so for the next year, all I hear them is crying about, well, my parents aren't going to get me one yet. They said my contract's got to be up. I mean, I, I guess I'll have to wait. I mean, that's what they say. That's what they say. That's a constant. Well, I guess I'll wait. You know, four or five years ago, it was the Razor flip phone. And now when I say Razor, everybody laughs, right? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <clears throat> Razor, that's so weird. Three years ago, it was on the list. I got a link to it. Boom, this is what I want for Christmas. Now, no, nope, they're temporary. Things are temporary. That new car smell. It was funny. Whenever uh, whenever Pastor Jimmy got his car, I said, hey, tell me about your car. And he goes, first thing he said, he said, it's got that new car smell still, man. It smells like a new car. I said, really? Because, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. 2007, but it smells like a new car. We all love that new car. The amazing thing is, the amazing thing is to me, <clears throat> is that um, I, I, can, I can see my brother who, who has nice vehicles, I can see him in his new car, and I don't see him for like six months, and, and he'll tell me all about his new car, and then I'll, I'll go six months, and I won't see him, and I'll see him again six months later, and, and you practically have to have your shots before you get in his car, it's so dirty. I mean, all in the seat, junk everywhere, I mean, it's just trash everywhere, and I'm like, man, I thought you loved your car. He said, yeah, it's okay. We go from excitement to, eh, it's okay. Things are Temporary. One of the things I'm real tired of doing is I'm really tired of, of getting these lists to, from an email list and, and, and links to, for, for a Christmas list. I'm tired of getting those things in, in November and then around the next October, getting a black trash bag and taking about half that stuff to Goodwill. That's what I do. We do it. It's temporary. It's temporary. These things are temporary. And Jesus is saying that. He said, don't, don't store up for a treasure seat on earth. Those things are going to pass away. They're temporary. They're temporary. The second thing is this. The issue uh, is really, it goes to the core of who we are. The issue of money goes to the core of who we are. There's a really odd part in the scripture that we read. And really, I was reading this for a student uh, message, and I was like, that part doesn't go with everything else. And this is what it says. Uh, I think it's on the second slide or the third slide, uh, actually. It says this. It says, It's talking about, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then it says this. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so he's going this thing about all kinds of money. And then right in the middle, he stops. And he plucks that out. And he says, oh, by the way, the eyes... Are the lamp. And he starts talking about light and darkness within us. And then he goes right back and he says, No one can serve two masters. And then he goes and says, You can't love both God and money. doesn't work. Can't worship both God and money. And so there's this scripture that's right in the middle that's sort of weird. It's sort of different. And it's sort of just there, like just in there. It's like, Where does this all fit in? And I thought about it for weeks. I was like, "What does this all fit in?" And then I realized it fits in perfect. Because at the core, money is really at it's a core issue with us. It's internal. It's not external. It's it's an internal thing. The things that we place value in tell the story of our life. It just does. There's an, old, there's an old test you can do. Uh, we don't really use the checkbook anymore. Uh, we do a lot of stuff online, but you used to be able to look, and you can just take your checkbook and open it up and start flipping through. And your checkbook registry tells a story. It tells a story within us. I found, y'all, that most people that are looking for stuff, and they always want that next thing, and they always want that next thing, and they always want that next thing, they're really looking to fill a hole within themselves that only God can fill. They're they're really looking to do that. They're really looking to feel something that only God can give them. It's almost like there's this inner struggle. And the inner struggle is asking, okay, am, am I good enough? Do I have this nice enough thing? Am I secure enough? Is my success level enough? Have I done enough? And the thing is, like the song earlier, is I think we're really missing the bigger picture. We're really missing the bigger picture. It's an amazing thing to me that we read that scripture and it talks about how the eyes and what you see. And it's like me and Best Buy and I'm walking around and I'm like, oh, 3D TV. And I put on the glasses and all the time God's saying, I want to tell you something. Your eyes, what you see, what you lust after, what you want, what you desire, those things tell a story. They tell a story about who you are inside. And you're missing the bigger picture. It's interesting that right after this, and we all know this scripture, right after this, he says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about what you're going to eat and drink. What? Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. What is he saying? He's saying, if you pursue all these things, you're going to become consumed with those things and you're going to worry about those things and it's going to become something deep within you and how dark that place will be. We're missing the bigger picture first thing is money uh things money by are temporary the second is the issue of money goes to the core of who we are and finally when we pursue stuff we really can't pursue God I found it amazing that when we pursue stuff we really can't pursue God I think that's why scripture says this he says seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all those things are going to be added seek first that seek that first and then all those things will be added. Some preachers want to say, well, if you just seek God, you'll be rich. Uh, that's not biblical. I'll tell you what it is, though. If you seek God, what you define as rich will, make, will be rich because your definition of what rich is will be totally changed. It'll be totally changed. It's all about your perspective. There's a lot of times, and I've heard this, that, that parents spend so much time working that they're so busy making a living that they don't take time to make a life. They don't take time to actually make a life for themselves. They try so hard to provide for their kids. And really, what God wants is you to be close to your family. That's what God wants. He wants to put you where you're close to your family. It's all about your perspective, y'all. I heard a story. And if I'd heard this, if I'd gotten this story through an email, I would have I went on uh, Snopes and I would have said, that's not true, it's just one of those sappy forward things that you get. But I heard a story of a of, of a of a of a kid who who has some disabilities, and they went to a school where there there it was a school for for, for disabled children, and and his family had 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 really had really struggled a lot, had really. Um, I don't know, had just went through some trying times and, and, and the disability was really draining uh, for the family. And, and it was, it was uh, I don't know, it's just an amazing story because um, their perspective on success, their perspective on what's important, really taught me. Because w- what happened was, was the mother was volunteering uh, at, at the kids' school and, and, and teachers started yelling and screaming and jumping up and down and hooping and hollering. Yeah, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. Ran in and got the mom and they said, you're not going to believe what happened. We, we drew this picture of a stick person. And, and, and for the first time, they were able to trace the stick person. First time ever. And there was such celebration. And so what happened was, was, she, was real, she was real happy, and so they took the picture, and they took it, and they put it in a car, and then they went to pick up their other kid who was at another school. And when the kid got in, they were like, Hey, hey, um, what's this? Oh, That's what your sister did. Are you kidding me? Wow. I wonder if they can do it again. Can they do it again? So when they got them, let's see if they can do it again. And started working on that and got excited. And the kid had a little bit of difficulty. And I was like, you know what? Who cares? Let's just celebrate that they did it one time. Let's celebrate. We are constantly going out, yet this one family celebrates the fact that their child was able to draw a stick person. Do we have the picture? I think we do. That's the picture. Drawn by Riley Peake. In this church, this week, we have our perspective wrong. What makes us rich? Right, I'm gonna tell you something. This week, when I'm traveling to Texas and my mother in law is getting on my nerves sometimes, and I'm getting on her nerves, and 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 I, 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 I want to eat now, but they said one hour from now, my mind is going to drift back to that picture. I'm going to drift back to that picture say, hmm, that is what's important. I want to tell you, God never instructed us to work 70, 80, 90 hours a week. God never instructed us to go out and get all kinds of stuff. It all seems to fall together when we seek God. He seems to give us the right perspective. He just does. He just does. I was looking for an, a good example of this, um, this message. I was just searching. And I'd remembered, I'd remembered um, this, this song, The Cats in the Cradle, from way back. And um, I went on YouTube, and I started typing in Cats in the Cradle. And that video came up. And I loved it. And so, got it, did a little bit of editing on it. And there was something, I, I, the second time I went online, I was doing editing, and I, I listened to the song, and I just loved the song, it just kept going over and over again. And, and, and what happened was, was I looked, and, and YouTube, you can comment on things. You can make comments. and, there were literally pages and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of comments under this, that video. And I want to read you some of them. This is one of the comments. My dad loved this song. He died two weeks ago and sung this all the time. Dad and I had a closer relationship, thankfully. The next one said this. It says, every time I hear this song, I get a lump in my throat. My dad's still around, but at 85, he's seen better days. I've got two little fellas of my own, and because of this song, I devote as much time to them as I can. The next one said this, My dad died when I was 10 from a drug overdose. He was in prison till I was in second grade, and he was in and out till he died. I cry every time I hear this song because I think about him. I hug and kiss my sons before I go to work in the morning, and when I return home, make each minute count with your young ones. Attention dads, spend some time, fix their bike, cook them scrambled eggs, chase them, chase some bad guys, build something from wood. You won't regret a minute that you spent with your kids. The next one said, my father left when I was seven and I haven't seen him since. I'm now 23. And this is interesting. A father should devote their life for their kids and not neglect them. The next comment said, I would have loved to heard those words, I'm proud of you, before my dad died. People pouring their hearts out on a YouTube video. Another one said, Hopefully after being uh, tapped on the shoulder again by this song, I can change my life before my kids are all grown up. There There are more important things than work. I hope I can save what's left, and I pray that it's not too late. Thank you again for the reminder. And finally, my dad left when I was five and never had time for me. I only saw him for a month in each summer. I never wanted expensive gifts or material things, just time with my pop's. And he never had time. Now I'm grown and my father's getting older and in bad health. Now he wants to spend time with me. But honestly, now I can't find the time. Jesus taught us a hard thing when he taught us about following after material possessions and money. And he said this, he said, you can't worship both. I want to encourage you throughout this holiday season that really starts now. I want to encourage you to make sure that you keep focused on what the things that are really important. Make sure you keep focused on the things that are important and that you truly value. Enjoy your family. Enjoy the blessing. Enjoy the richness that God has already given you. And whenever you start to get angry or frustrated... Or whenever you start to get a little upset with someone over the holidays, think back to that picture. And maybe that'll draw your heart back to where it belongs. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for who you are. I'm so thankful that you're a you're a giving God to us. And Lord, I ask you that we would recognize the gift that you give us. Lord, I'm thankful for everyone here, for the students and the parents and everyone else who's here. God, I'm I just ask that you would, um, God, let us be reminded that even though it's a hard thing that you ask us to do, that in the end, we will be more filled, more blessed, and really more rich for following your plan for our lives, God. Let us get on track with that. In Jesus' name, amen.